1: Hey, Rendo, Steve here. And Larson. Welcome back to Going in Raw, Matt Chat Edition. Uh huh. I'm glad that you're, you're, you get a, a, a reprieve from your travels.
2: Yeah, we need a break, you know, sometimes. Uh, so there's you're a lot, of, a lot going right on in the home. world. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I, I found some time, carved out some time to stay home, uh, do Matt Chat, uh, get a break before uh, hitting the road uh, later on. All right. Well, good.
1: Uh, I really appreciated where you were during Ask Stephen Larson bowl of cereal.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I really do it going out there, uh, find the places to hit the hard hitting questions.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, no an
2: answers. The most important questions on everybody's mind.
1: The especially war torn bowl of cereal. Uh, all right, man, let's dig into these Matt chat questions. Yeah. Of course, Yeah, this is Matt chat, man. If you guys want to send us a video question, it's totally easy. Just hop on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Uh, Not only do we have a variety of reward tiers there, but also we've got at the $20 a month mark, you can send us Matt Chat questions and then we'll answer them here on the show. Correct. First up, man on the front lines, Doc Hensla. He's got a question. Let's see what he's got to say.
2: Hey, Steven Larson. This is your favorite doctor. Doc Hensler here with a match chat question. So with everything going on, my question is, what are the biggest non-wrestling events to affect wrestling? So throughout the course of history. So, um, you know, with the coronavirus going on, I think that this is probably the biggest. But I want to hear you guys' uh, uh, feelings on non-wrestling events that have affected wrestling. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Doc Hensler. Thank I'll you, go Doc Hensler. First.
2: I hope, first of all, hold on. Doc, uh, hope safe out there.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stay absolutely. safe.
2: Yeah. Stay Jeez. safe. Jeez.
1: He whiz. anyway, Locked Steve, sorry. Me, Doc Kenzla. What if he opens up a match at question and goes, Hey, Steven Larson
2: <coughs> like that. Well, he <laughs> doesn't work that way.
1: <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. Hey man, our thoughts are with you totally. Um, so in terms of real world, uh, situations, uh, I mean, WWE, they seemed to sort of swing in a certain direction when it came to post 9-11 stuff. They went really heavy. I know they did like tribute to the troops stuff. Um, and and they, they, they really started hitting home to support the troops type thing after 9-11. Of course, with the rise, and I know this was, and you mentioned this before I wrote it down in the notes. So I was going to sort of let you have a crack at it. But obviously the Benoit thing. Um, and the rise, I, I would think that if the Benoit thing didn't happen, the rise of the knowledge that we have of CTE would have eventually forced the WWE to take another look at how they handle concussions and the wellness, mm-hmm. and their wellness mm-hmm. policy. So I think, yeah, I think there was that groundswell of, uh, uh, of CTE related stories um, that, you know, would have would have made the WWE change. Uh, how they went about things, and certainly the Benoit thing, uh, uh, fast tracked that. Yeah. So yeah. Do you have any other any other things?
2: I was trying to think of something. You know, because kind of what's going on now is not. You know, it's 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 something that's fairly. It's all encompassing across the globe, uh, and I can't think of anything on a worldwide scale of this magnitude that has affected wrestling to this degree. Um, I couldn't really I thought maybe World War II might have had some impact on the industry with wrestlers potentially being drafted. Because I know uh, like baseball was really affected. A lot of players either enlisted or, or I think a lot of them enlisted uh, to serve. Um, and I did a quick search and I really couldn't find anything. It was post World War II uh, that saw the rise of the N.W.A. as kind of the Uf- unifying body um, uh, for professional wrestling. But I don't think those two things were necessarily uh, related per se.
1: I think you no, know, there there was there was a bit of a of a downturn during World War II, mm-hmm. but it, uh, yeah, I think that the NWA probably, I mean, I I don't think it was a result of World War II having I don't been think so either. done, but I mean, probably yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I know I know that the fifties were a boom period, yeah, so it could be like an indirect thing,
2: you know, maybe. Um, you mentioned Benoit, and I think that is a th- that's one of the the huge things in terms of determining how WWE did their business, in terms of paying more attention to the health and well being of of the wrestlers or their employee, instituting a wellness policy, uh, and uh, to at least as we've seen uh, far more recently, uh, a seemingly a pretty strict concussion protocol, mm-hmm. um, which is 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 beneficial for their, the the athletes there. But in terms of something that's kind of all encompassing. That's forcing shows to be canceled. That has the potential to maybe put uh, wrestling promotions out of business. I couldn't really think of anything. Maybe apart from some regulatory thing uh, years back, where states started regulating athletics to a, a more stringent degree, and and some companies or some promoters just couldn't uh, keep up with that. I just don't know about it. I can't really think of anything on this scale that's affecting the business to such an extent as kind of what we're going through right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Like, uh, pro wrestling seems to have existed in a bit of a bubble.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: after that, let's see here. We've got uh, Christopher Rappersod. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a series of questions here about the upcoming WrestleMania. So let's see what he has to say. Hello, Stephen Larson. So my question is, for this WrestleMania, is this WrestleMania going to be the this WrestleMania we're going to experience? What's your guys' opinion?
2: Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. I get to go first. Yeah. Uh, this will probably be the mania we'll ever experience. Um, the closest I can think of to date was WrestleMania 9, where they kind of gimmicked the whole show. I out. was thinking
1: the same thing, too. Uh, I was like, yeah, this is at, the weirdest one since 9. Yeah,
2: it was at Caesar's Palace. So it was all kind of vaguely ancient Rome themed uh like commentators arrived to the ringside area on uh various uh, uh well, at least he didn't came in on the camel mm-hmm. i think other performers rode in on other animals um uh, everybody's decked out in togas and such uh that was a very gimmicked out wrestlemania zoe apparently has an answer that's different from my own anything more to add no okay um but in terms of of, of seeing a, a, a huge departure from what the manias. Of past were like spectacle scope uh, uh, and whatnot. This is such a vast. I assume would be such a vast departure uh, that, uh, short of of the COVID thing becoming a seasonal thing and being the specter of every winter and early spring, uh, this is kind of going to be the outlier, and it's going to be weird. Yeah, it
1: is going to be really weird. It'll probably, if you know, the, like the the weirdest one that you can go back and watch now is probably WrestleMania one because it was the first one. I mean, relative to maybe how they produced their shows before there, there wasn't like a, there was spectacle, but compared to even WrestleMania three, there was not a lot of spectacle to one. One just felt like a big, I mean, I think the, the, the distribution outlet was the big difference maker in WrestleMania Well there was one. that
2: and, and there was the 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 star power of all the celebrities they brought in for
1: yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, which is spectacle for their time. Yeah, if yeah. you just if you just go back and look at it now though,
2: it's, it's just, like a house show. It's just a house show. It looks like yeah, it looks like a house yeah. show. Yeah.
1: Um so in terms of like which ones can you watch to be like, "Oh, this is kind of weird or the circumstances are kind of weird here." Yeah, it's it's like it's one um it's nine. There are elements of Seventeen that were weird because they just bought WCW. Mm-hmm. They dude, it was the go home. No wait, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it was the go home. The, that, that was the 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 raw before WrestleMania that they bought WCW. Um, and then there was like you know WCW wrestlers up in the up in the, the skybox, skybox thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a weird one too. But uh, but otherwise,
2: yeah, this is this is far and away going to be the weirdest. It's going to be such a departure from anything we're used to and get all sorts of gimmick pre-shot matches.
1: Yeah. Even if this becomes a C, even if like everything shuts down, let's say it's an annual event where everything shuts down in March and April. Um, they'll have all that time and the retrospect the hindsight of this mania to figure out how to do it so that it's maybe not as weird
2: next year. Well, then there's also the chance that this is going to seem like a recurring thing where this particular time of year, yep, they're going to move it to middle of the summer. They're going to swap out SummerSlam, make that WrestleMania, have a Spring Slam or something uh, in the usual WrestleMania slot, or they'll just cancel a huge show in the springtime. Yeah. Which would probably make more sense because you want to have... Spring Slam and then uh, or maybe, they, or maybe they'll find some, some some real value in having uh, uh, once a year, kind of like a close set show. Maybe they'll force their hand to do something different. B- you know, uh, uh, be new.
1: Yeah, be more cinematic and stuff. Be new, yeah. do something new. Matt Field is next with another question about WrestleMania at the Performance Center. My Matt
0: Chat question is, with WrestleMania happening in the Performance Center, how do you think it will change the viewing experience in terms of camera angles the lack of fans um do you think do you think watching it watching it on the tv without that sort of atmosphere do you reckon you'll be any more excited than usual or less excited um sorry for the long long video too sweet enjoy thank
1: you matt field thank you matt field i go first i jokingly have written down our notes Fog machines. I think, so, look, the one, the, the matches that are going to be filmed at the Performance Center, uh, like, so, for example, AJ Styles for the Undertaker, the Boneyard match, I get the feeling they're going to go on location somewhere for that. Yes. Um, the stuff that's going to happen at the Performance Center, uh, they're going to be taping it in advance. So, I think the kind of thing that we sort of saw on Raw... Where there's no, because there are no seats there. They were just like set pieces.
2: Yeah, there's some LED
1: panels, that right. like Obelisks, so I think like we're monoliths see from 2001, juiced up versions of that. Yeah, like they'll just really deck this thing out so that there's all sorts of stimuli happening, and not just the emptiness of the of the Phantom Zone, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know. And so, but it'd be cool if they did stuff like okay, so for example. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar. I'm thinking right now, one spotlight above them to make Mm -hmm. it super dramatic. Just two powerhouses going at it. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So and then like a little bit of the fog machine. So it's kind of smoky, too. You just want all fog
2: machines. You mentioned this uh, earlier this week. All fog fog machines. machines.
1: Uh, So you want a lot of like just very basic, simple atmosphere there. Uh, for the Fiend and John Cena, you do a little bit on the Firefly Funhouse. You basically do you basically do that like a like the House of Horrors match.
2: No, I do Interdimensional Tension, the various uh, uh, Bray Wyatt uh, uh, places. You do the House of Horrors. You do Firefly Funhouse. You you culminate things in in the wrestling ring.
1: Right. How would you direct uh, Becky versus Sheena? Uh, Same as Drew Brock, probably. Right.
2: Put it in the octagon.
1: Okay, there you go. Yeah, you should put it in a
2: cage of some sort. In a cage of some sort, Becky's like, Okay, well, not only do I beat you and beat you in your own, in, like in your own uh, playing field, mm-hmm. uh, let's do it in the steel cage.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. That's how you do it. Uh, I mean, what we saw a little bit on Raw, I hope they'll stick with. Um, you know, I think they're gonna keep the hard A cam facing towards the ramp, um, and we'll probably see a lot more of the, the LED stuff where the crowd would be. Um, and the, as we saw with, I didn't really notice it as much during the matches, though I hope they find a way to, to incorporate it. Uh, a lot of the photography of the Seth Kevin Owen stuff mm-hmm. seemed—I won't exactly call it cinematic. But oh were, yeah, yeah. They were using camera angles that you don't normally see in a, re- from a, a wrestling product.
1: Yeah, no, they were definitely going for dramatic impact outside the box. There, yeah. yeah, for sure. And I
2: hope they incorporate that into how the actual wrestling is photographed at WrestleMania, because if I, you can't yeah. do, if you can't do your usual presentation, uh, try to think of new ways to bring spectacle. Uh, In such a smaller environment, and I think part of that is is changing how you shoot the show, uh, just making it feel different and therefore maybe special.
1: I just I hope that they're taking this opportunity and and using it to spark inspiration, as opposed to, you know, feeling defeated and being like, ah, just whatever,
2: write write this one off. Who cares? Exactly. I don't want this to feel like a a, 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 obligation, a throwaway WrestleMania. That's a disservice to everybody who's worked their butts off all year to get
0: to this point. in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's a N G I.com.
2: Uh, next got a question from Philly Flexer. Hey, Steven Larson, your boy, uh, Philly flexor here just now leaving work. You know, I need everybody to kind of stay at home and be careful about there. But anyways, um, uh, My question to y'all is, um, say if it was a regular year, this two-day WrestleMania card is actually a pretty good idea. I mean, we had it with the Tokyo shows and everything that Wrestle Kingdom. So, I was actually thinking, if this was a normal year, how would you guys like to have the two cards? Who would you like to main event night one or night two? Who would you have something amazing or whatnot to get that WrestleMania moment or whatnot? I mean, because there's a lot of guys out there who can say they deserve it, but I don't know. You guys tell me what y'all think of what night. How would y'all book y'all WrestleMania two nights? Take it easy. Thank you, Philly Flexer. Thank you, Philly Flexer. Um, probably not. I like the one-day mania. I mean, like the two-day Wrestle Kingdom was cool. Uh, It was a lot of wrestling, though. Eight hours over two days is a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, And, you know, I mean, I don't want to have to sit through an eight-hour mania, but at least if it's all in one day, I get through it all in one day um so but if for the sake of discussion if if it were to happen um ideally these would be the main events i would have uh night one would end with uh, bray wyatt defending his universal title against john cena um i think not only having cena go after number 17 uh bray having to uh kind of overcome the, the cena obstacle that he couldn't do before i think storyline wise there's a lot of really really good stuff there That, you know, in a a normal year could have been built in a really effective manner to be awesome. Uh, Night two, Drew versus Brock. They have to it event the entirety of the WrestleMania package. Yeah. Um, So I think if they really want to build up Drew as the guy, he has to close night two with the belt. Um, Otherwise, it's not going to be the coronation of what they probably want it to be. Uh, That's how I, I would kind of go about it.
1: Uh, I think Becky Shayna would have to. I think that they did a pretty good job up until up until this. They had done as good a job as anybody. Becky won the title last year at WrestleMania. I would love to. If the, I, I I wouldn't mind having a number one. I wouldn't mind having a two day WrestleMania. I kind of think that my own energy levels are such that I could definitely soak in two four hour days better than one eight-hour day, especially if the way they did Wrestle Kingdom last, uh, this year, there are stakes involved going into mm-hmm. night one and how and that two, pertains yeah. to night two. Um, And so I would definitely, I, I would be open to it regardless. I mean, here's the thing. I really like the idea of having takeovers be on their own week and, and feature on their own weekends and feature um like non-pay-per-view weekends. And, f- and then you can feature NXT title matches at WrestleMania. And so you get rid of the TakeOver. You have a WrestleMania night mm-hmm. one. And then you mm-hmm. have your WrestleMania night two. Night one, I'd have Becky and Shayna main event. Night two, I'd have Drew and Brock main event. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd have to deal with Fox if they, if they care about that shit with SmackDown being on Fox. Um, but I think those are the two stories that um i think sort of deserve have have earned those spots at this point i don't think roman goldberg has earned shit really um no. and i think cena bray probably could have earned it if the title was still on the line like you're saying uh but you, you need a little bit you can't rely exclusively on history so i would have i would have hoped that cena would have been around um more than just the two appearances that he seems to have made yeah uh between then so So, yeah, next up, uh, Joshua Martinez has a, uh, speaking of NXT, he's got a question about NXT. Let's see what he has to
2: say. Hey, friendos. So, with the news that the TakeOver matches are now going to take place on NXT April 1st, uh, my question is, um, if this goes good, should NXT start doing these special um, episodes, kind of like AEW, you know, again, like the bash at the beach and... I mean, they were going to have a Blood of Guts episode, but things like that. Um, Personally, I think if you know this episode of uh, NXT does good, obviously different circumstances with everything that's going on. But I think it would make NXT, I don't know, give it a little jump start, especially because it's been a little lacking lately. Let me know what you think. Thanks, friendos.
1: Thank you, Joshua Martinez. Thank you, Joshua.
2: Uh, I I go first. You do? Yeah, you went first last time. Uh,
1: so uh, yeah I. so here's the thing about NXT is that they're at least once a month you'll get a main event that is damn near takeover level I do think that NXT right now if, especially if they're not going to take it once all this is once things maybe go back to normal um, if they're going to go back to normal They got to find a way to mix things up a little bit. I'm honestly kind of over the full sale experience, and I'd like to see them take the next step, take it on the road, see what ideas they can have that, to like your, your point, you made this point before that, you know, you think that it'd probably just end up looking like another main roster show. I don't disagree with you, but if they specifically tried to not do that, and bring some creativity to how you would deal with a larger venue. Um, uh, that's the first thing I want to see. But they, whatever they do, they need to start doing stuff to freshen up the product. And I think that themed special episodes smack dab in the middle of ta- of the takeover schedules um, would probably be a, a great way to go. We see this with AEW all the time. They did Bash to the Beach. They're doing a, a, a Blood and Blood Guts. And guts. Um, so they they have found. Hey, you know what? We do pay-per-views on a quarterly schedule uh let's have some special episodes for us to build to in the meantime nxt needs to do something like that where they have something special to build to because takeover you get like four matches maybe five matches sometimes maybe six and it's just it's not enough for all the talent they have they need to mix it up they need to go on the road they need to do something fresh and new uh, they, they, to me, to keep me interested anyways. And the ratings seem to be proven out with that.
2: Uh, yeah. I think some, some uh, occasional special episodes would do them some good. Maybe uh, especially now where things kind of seem to be in a bit of a rut. I'm interested to see, you know, starting uh, next week on the first, how these planned takeover matches, uh, how they go down on regular NXT TV. Uh, granted it won't be in front of the full sale audience, yeah. Um, so we don't know exactly how they'll react. If it were, it'd kind of be a, a throwback to takeovers of your, where they didn't have them on the road. They were just a full sale, like like all the other shows. They were just kind of, you know, as Josh would say, special episodes mm-hmm. of NXT. Um, it'd be interesting to see if that were the case. I don't, I understand the potential appeal or perks of taking on the road. I just don't know right now if that's something they would be interested. In. I don't know if it's something that's necessary. I think a lot of things necessary to freshen it up are, not in terms of. Uh, uh, where it's at. I think they're just kind of in a, in a bit of a rut creatively right now um, where it feels like maybe there's too many different things going on, maybe too many cooks in the kitchen. And they don't exactly know where to focus creative energies right now. And that's kind of what it feels like to me. If, they, if they're if they putting these same shows in 5,000 seat venues, I feel like my response to them would be the exact same. That's just me though. Yeah. Uh, uh, next,
1: next up, uh, Cult of False Realities uh, has a question, a global question. Let's see what he has to say. What's going on, Steve Larson, all the friendos out there? Look in my eyes. What do you see? It's the cult of false realities. Back with another Matt Jack question. And this one is going to be simple yet
2: intriguing and a little bit complicated. So, we've had British Strong Style, Japanese Strong Style, all these different places that are doing great, great wrestling. My question is, what country should be the next hotbed for wrestling? Should it be Africa? Should it be out. Uh, Rome says they do the cracker Roman stuff. Where should the next hotbed be? Too sweet, too good. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Cult False Realities. Uh, you I go, go first. first right? uh, I'm going to say China and or India, and I think it's because WWE has has made some attempts to make some inroads there. The two most populous countries in the world. Uh, Two huge markets I'm sure WB would like to uh, uh, get a foothold in, um, develop talent, uh, start NXT subsidiaries, and get huge broadcasting deals. Um, And if that were to happen, it may kind of kickstart, you know, the new wrestling promotions uh, popping up, putting on shows, um, other other avenues for uh, uh, talent to develop And then eventually get signed by the WB system. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because that seemingly is what happens in every country whenever WB sets up shop there. Um, So, if for no other reason, I don't know exactly what the uh, scene is like in either of those countries currently. Um, I, you know, but we have heard that WB is trying to get something going on each each of those places. Yeah. Um, So, you know, if they were to make that possible, it would probably kickstart some sort of either resurgence or emergence of a wrestling scene, um, uh, in either country and, uh, in, in, you know, who knows what, where it would go from there.
1: Yeah. China and India seem to be the most likely answers to this question. Although I've, there's a lot of talent that comes out of Australia New Zealand. And I kind of wonder if that's uh, a potential hotbed as well. I have no idea what what their indie scene is like there
2: or Brazil.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if Australia's indie scene, if that's anything like the UK's, I could totally see them just mm-hmm. using the UK as a blueprint and taking over mm-hmm. the industry down there, mm-hmm. which uh, you know, I'm sure people would have opinions on one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, the B-Man, Patrick Sparks, real superstar all day. Picture of Patrick Sparks. Let's see what he has to say.
2: Hey, friend, it here. All right, so Takeover uh, was canceled is a bit sad because I always look forward to takeovers they're always amazing um, but with that being said I got some NXT takeover questions for you I'll put you on the spot you only get one you can have one runner-up was the best match on a takeover card ever and what is the worst match on a takeover card ever and then as a secondary question who is the most overhyped person to enter or go up to the main roster from NXT and who is the most underrated? Thanks, Rendos. Bye. Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, B-Man, Austin Theory, Patrick Sparks. All right, Steve, what is the, in your estimation, the best takeover match?
1: So it's going to be one of two. It's either going to be one of the Champa Gargano's, probably that, what's commonly known as the best Ciampa Gargano? Is it two or one? It's either one or two. Yeah, cause like two was the last man standing, right?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, and- three was three was the last man standing. One was a street fight. Two, I think, was the one where Ciampa one where he DDT'd him on the wood.
1: Yeah. And okay. the third one
2: was the last man standing one.
1: Probably two, and if like for my personal pick, it's either that. Or it's, uh, I can never get up of this match. Sasha Bailey won. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's such a classic match. Yeah, man, it's it so It is good. so flipping good. Um, so, yeah, it would it would be one of those. I think those are like two, even in terms of like all-time feuds, uh, those, bo- the, those two feuds are way mm-hmm. up there. I mean, if you mm-hmm. look at the characters back then of Bailey and Sasha Banks, what an amazing story that was told. And, of yeah. course, they did the Iron Woman match. Yeah. Um, but then, obviously, Champa Gargano. It feels like it might be an obvious answer, but, man, it's
2: uh, it, it, those all those matches were just terrific. Really good. What is the worst takeover match that you can think of? Here, think about that. My, I don't know if you'd consider this the best. Maybe my favorite takeover match uh, is Sasha and Bailey won, and then it's also uh, Johnny Gargano versus Andrade. That was one of those matches where I watched it, and then as soon as it was over, I watched it again. Yeah. It was so dang good. And I feel like the, it, Takeover had a lot of good matches before that one. I kind of feel like that would really set the template from everything that's followed since. Cause it was like forty minutes physical.
1: After that, no, that was the font. one that was the one that every takeover was match of the year, match of the year, match of the year. Yeah, that's the one right.
2: that felt like really set the bar for for what's happened subsequently over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um such a stellar match. Uh the, the first match that popped in my mind as far as worst takeover match that I can remember. I haven't seen all the takeovers. Uh, was Baron versus Apollo Cruz. Yes, that's a good uh, I think, one. I think it was the takeover in London and it was at that point a pretty typical Baron NXT match where he didn't really do a whole lot he wasn't the wrestler he is now and his trash talk was horrible mm-hmm. the one thing that sticks out more than anything else about that match is how horrible his trash talking was Yeah, it was so bad I'm
1: looking at, so the Sportster has a list of the worst TakeOver matches. Here's a couple, and I I, honestly, I can't remember Dick from any of these matches. Baron Corbin versus Bull Dempsey is number three on their list. I
2: vaguely remember that one. That one was not great.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. What is this? So, TakeOver, Fatal, again, these are all early TakeOvers. You're not going to get, you're not going to, oh, this is an interesting one. Number one is Samoa Joe versus Baron Corbin. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't really remember that match that very much.
1: Nothing from the modern era. Nothing from what we're talking about, Gargano. The last couple of years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Apollo Crews versus Ty Dillinger's on here. Lars Sullivan versus Cassius is on here. That might be one of the more recent ones. Yeah, I think that
2: is the most recent one on there. On the
1: list. Dana Brooke versus Oscar's on here. That's not surprising. Uh, Kevin Owens versus CJ Parker. Adeo Tommy versus Bobby Roode's on here. I didn't think that was a bad match. I remember that one. Uh, let's see here. It says there was nothing, well, there was nothing overtly bad about the match itself. The quality of the in-ring work was good and they told a solid story with the pace building, but in the end, nobody seemed to care, which didn't help the match. Uh, oh, this is great. Number 10 is Adam Rose versus Camacho. And Adam Rose is my pick for uh, the most overhyped. Remember how much hype Adam Rose had behind him? And he essentially just turned into No Way Jose 1.0. I
2: know, I know. He, that huh. dude had
1: so much charisma. I know. He had so much, and it was like that camera charisma where you look at his face and you can't look away. Mm-hmm. And they gave him so many of those video packages saying he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, and he's got the
2: lollipop. And they had zero idea what Nothing. to do with Nothing. Nothing. Uh, most overhyped, my estimation, is the Ascension. Dominated NXT, uh, did a slight repackage for the main roster where they were talking crap about a bunch of old school tag teams, did him no favors, and pretty much out of the gate, they were buried.
1: Literally, by the time they were done with their first promo, they were done. They were done. Done. Yeah. Uh, Most underrated call-up, Steve, who you got? Alexa Bliss. Like, she came out of NXT doing nothing, and then she showed up on main roster and just, like, put it together quick.
2: Yep. Uh, Same with my answer, Carmella. I think she was the last... Mrs. Irrelevant. Of, yeah, of that particular year's uh, draft, 2016, I think. And and she has gone on to accomplish a lot of great things on the main roster. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Good answers.
1: Uh, Heath Thompson's up next. Hey, guys. Uh, first time at Chatter. Um, I'm kind of nervous, uh, but I don't have a question. I have a thank you. Uh, past couple of years, I've had to go, to go back to school to learn to trade. And now I work from an office that is an hour and a half from the house. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to work from home at, from said office. And I don't think I could have got there without this podcast. It kept me company, insane, and laughing even the past few years when I didn't
2: want to do those things. So thank you. And next week I'll have a question. Thanks. Thank you very much, Heath Thompson.
1: Thank you, Heath. What a nice thing to say.
2: Yes. Thank you very much. I'm happy we can help. Uh, A couple of text questions. First from Dwayne Huff. uh, He's asking, uh, assuming we don't all die, does WWE do a two-night WrestleMania next year?
1: I'm going to I can't completely rule it out. No, you know what?
2: I don't know. Yeah, probably not. No, it messes up the schedule for the whole weekend. They're not going to do a two-night WrestleMania.
1: I don't know. I'd say it's like a 20% chance it might happen.
2: Uh, the only way it could happen is if SmackDown moves to a different night. Because no, they can have TakeOver Friday. They're
1: already doing TakeOvers off pay-per-view weekends. I know they weren't going to do this time. But like if, if, if NXT, if TakeOver becomes a thing, here it is. If TakeOver becomes a thing that can carry its own weekends, if they feel like, hey, we don't need TakeOvers for pay-per-view weekends. And in fact, there's some evidence to suggest that if WWE wants to start ruling the entire year of pro wrestling, which they basically already do, why would they have all their eggs on those single pay-per-view weekends?
2: No, I don't think they would every, every all the major four, but I think Mania is such a special event. They would probably continue to have a takeover associated with that.
1: Yeah, probably, but um, you never know. Yeah, you if never If they know. decide to not do that.
2: Now, um, if, if, if SmackDown moved to a different night, if it was Wednesday night SmackDown or Thursday night SmackDown versus Friday, then they could rearrange the schedule to accommodate it, but short of that happening, mm-mm. if there
1: is some, I'll put it this way, if there's some overwhelming financial reason that was unseen up until this mania you better damn well believe they're going to do it every single year because if they're if they all of a sudden think holy crap uh you know the 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 number i don't i don't i have no idea what number could go through the roof in terms of this but if they did this two night thing if they do this two night thing and some metric out there says hey you could double up your revenue by doing this two nights or if espn if ESPN offered him a deal and said, because apparently right now they're far apart in the money talks, mm-hmm. if ESPN said, hey, we'll give mm-hmm. you X number of dollars more, just have it over two nights so we can have a big bulk week and we don't want to deal with takeover, damn well. I mean, I, if, I money, would, if money talks thats a possibility,
2: but I mean, like, WWE the, would do that, you know, if, if they did a two day WrestleMania, that's double the ticket costs or prices they can they can make. Because you're charging for two shows over two different days, you might have to buy. You could either buy single tickets, maybe, or a package deal. But you're essentially buying full price tickets for two shows rather than one. Uh, I'm sure they're aware of that. You, they could double their gate revenue. They could have done that any year, but there must be some reason why they haven't done it yet. If the money's there, they'll do it. I'm saying the money could be there. That's double the, the 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 box office they could get for it right now, and they haven't done it yet.
1: Yeah, but TV money is
2: a lot more. now. I know either. it's a lot more, but it remains to be seen. Uh, Luis ariser the final text question with Shayna likely getting traded to Raw in exchange for Charlotte, my question is what other trade deals would you friendos do if you were in charge, alright Steve, you get Raw, I get Smackdown let's set up a blockbuster trade alright I will give you
1: uh, I will give you listen to this deal alright, do you accept This is right. this is a great deal for you by the way Hold on. Uh, I'll even throw him in. Wow. I will give you. You've got SmackDown, right? Uh Uh-huh. Holy crap. If I was you, I'd take this deal. All right, spit it out. This is for the men's division right now, okay? All right. Ricochet. Okay. Cedric Alexander. And I'll throw in Andrade for Bray Wyatt. That's a really good deal for SmackDown. You've got two potential main eventers for a gimmick that SmackDown it doesn't he doesn't Bray doesn't fit on SmackDown.
2: Uh replace Ricochet with Kevin Owens, you got a deal. Ha, ha, ha. Wow. Uh,
1: You know, I would do that. I would do that. Yeah. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, Hey, here's the thing. I don't think anybody loses here. I really don't. Because SmackDown, holy crap, that would be huge for SmackDown. Uh, And then Bray. Bray can do his shit anywhere. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: really don't think he fits on SmackDown, anyways.
2: SmackDown's such a weird fucking show. It is a weird show. It's a show without a voice, really, or its voice is Bruce Prichard at a, 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 a touch voice. All right, let's uh, let's figure out some some large I mean, This is a pretty large deal, so this is the basis of what we got here. So,
1: oh hey, your uh, your uh, camera just died.
2: Oh, it did. It froze. How that it happened? Froze. It's working here. That's strange. I don't know how to do anything about that. Hold on, um, let me try this. Yeah, there you go. There we go. I just stopped video. Okay. All right, let's make this deal even even larger. So uh, the raw raw needs some more tag teams. It's pretty much right now. It's it's, it's uh, war raiders and and street profits. It's pretty much yeah. all you got. Yeah. So let me think here. And trying to think who to send over to Raw to smack down from the women's division. Do you see what I have written down here on the notes, do you? Oh, hold on a second.
1: Uh Okay.
2: All right. Um what do you? Who from your women's division? Are you willing to send to SmackDown?
1: Um, Doesn't have to be
2: two names. It can be one.
1: If you give me a killer deal, I'll give you Charlotte. I've got Becky, Asuka, and Shayna Baszler. I know. What do I need with Charlotte? And Charlotte's a huge name. Yeah. Who is close? More closely associated with SmackDown, anyways.
2: Yeah. All right, hold on there. else is on smackdown
1: how is it they didn't have the revival running the, the raw tag team division
2: i don't know man they dropped the ball with those guys
1: immensely vince didn't see it nope I guarantee that's what it is vince didn't see it yep i don't get it i don't get it why are they so old school <laughs> come on man put the trade together all right here we go this is what I'll give you. Okay, what do you got? There you go. <laughs> you just put a poison pill in your train. I don't want that piece of shit. He's <laughs> better suited for Rod, anyways. He, I, I will guarantee you, I will guarantee you, that dude is a
2: backstage nightmare. That's the only thing that explains him. Well, uh, that's a nightmare i have rid my hands of. Yes or no? Approve or deny? So you're offering me, so
1: the people know that you're offering me the Usos, Brawn, Fire and Desire. For AOP and Charlotte. Uh, No, because, no, I need tag teams. You're offering me a one for one on the tag teams. Yeah, Usos are a huge upgrade over AOP. I need, I need the Usos. Uh, okay, oh, we'll do this. We'll do this. This helps you immensely, also. Let's do this. I'll take, I'll I'll take the Usos, Dolphin Bobby Roode, uh and Fire and Desire. Okay. For AOP Charlotte, and I'll open the door. Who else do you want?
2: Uh, let's see. Because here's the Here. thing, I could
1: get a lot out of Bobby Roode, even if as a singles guy. Um, give me Angel Garza. No, that's why I gave you Andrade. <laughs> Last time <laughs> I was trying to get because I've both got from. Angel Garza now. That's why I'm, I'm trying to get both of them, and that could be, t- you, that could be a tag team. I'll throw in Umberto Carrillo. No, no. Okay, how about this? I'll
2: throw in Rey Mysterio hesitating right now he's got he's he's got what like another six months on six months on his deal he's probably gone no nah, man those stem cells they do a lot yeah they might do a lot for him another company that's my concern. wow i can't believe you're saying no to that i got smackdown that's supposed to be a more sports uh, centric show give me bob lashley oh okay <laughs> easy that'd be fun hey you can have Braun versus
1: bob lashley that's a good feud
2: I think I, Lashley's got a lot of untapped potential. I think he does. Would be, Absolutely, I think he could be a huge main eventer.
1: All right, those, those man. Good. I
2: totally, I totally won that trade.
1: Those are good. <laughs> oh no way, man. Oh man, I got who do I get?
2: Bray Usos, Dolphin, Rude. Man. I got Fire Bray, man. Straight. I got the most
1: over guy in the company.
2: Kevin Owens could be the new Stone Cold if they book him right.
1: Yeah, if
2: if here's Fun the thing: you're not SmackDown. You're not He'll in control of
1: creative. Right. You're just in control of where
2: the talent goes. Well. I'll get in Bruce Pritchard's ear. Hey, if you really want to get Kevin Owens over, this is how you do it. You got to say, chat me up, Bruce. Chat me up, Bruce. you going to roll tide. Kevin Owens is your top guy. <laughs> Bruce, what the fuck were you thinking not making <laughs> Kevin Owens your top guy? Uh, well, the tickets are already
1: sold. <laughs> how the fuck does that make it? You- <laughs> All right, everybody. That's it for Matt Chat. Thanks so much for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. If you want your Matt Chat question answered, Right here on the show, hit us up on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson at the $20 mark. You can send your match chat question in and we'll answer it here on the show. Thanks for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well.